Welcome, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us on this chilly morning, whether you're doing that in person at one of our campuses or watching online. Either way, I'm just really glad that you're here. And as you can see, we are continuing in this series of messages called Back to Basics. And our our goal with this series is to kick off the new year by focusing on some of the basic beliefs of the Christian faith. Beliefs that are at the core of not only who we are as individual Christ followers, but beliefs that are really at the core of who we are as a church family. As we continue to see the increase of divisiveness and social and political divisions in our communities, it's just great to be reminded of what are the things that unite us as one church family. In spite of or in lieu of all of the amazing diversity that exists within our congregations, it is these essential beliefs around which we as a church family are united. Or as we like to say here at Cedar Creek, on these essential beliefs of the faith, we have unity. On the non-essential beliefs, we have freedom. But in all things, we show love. And so today, I want to focus on everybody's favorite topic to talk about in church, and that is money and giving. In fact, I've felt your excitement and anticipation and joy since the moment you've walked in here. Not. Uh, In fact, I, I felt a little bit of the opposite. But look, I figured since I'm on a roll, I mean, think about it. I've already taken on the difficult topic of the Trinity and the reliability of the Bible. Why not just go for the trifecta while I'm on a roll? No, really the reason that I want us to talk about this today is because giving and money and finances and material possessions, our beliefs about that are, are, are really kind of a big deal when it comes to our faith. And yet on the other hand, this is an aspect of faith that is probably one of the mis, most misunderstood things that we talk about within the church family. And, and I think the reason there's so much misunderstanding around this topic is because it is such an emotional topic, right? Anytime you think about or talk about money, it's very emotional. We feel deeply about this topic. We, we have a tendency to become defensive whenever this topic comes up. We, we have all this swirl, this tornado of emotions, and so it's hard to hear clearly. It's hard to discuss it because you really don't talk about money even outside the church, right? You don't go around asking people how much they make a year or what they paid for their house or what they paid for their car. In fact, if you do that, you probably shouldn't because it's kind of rude. We don't talk about money in polite society. And yet, as a church family, it is a topic that we need to talk about. And so, before we begin, let me just kind of clear the tension. Let me set you a little bit at ease today. One, if you are a guest with us, you're just kind of checking out this whole church thing. We don't want anything from you. 
You've already given something so much more valuable than your money, and that is your time. We're just glad to have you hanging out with us today. And then secondly, for those of you who are a part of the Cedar Creek Church family, you consider this your church home. Let me just say up front, my goal today is not to beat you over the head, not to make you feel guilty about what you give or don't give. My goal is not to try to churn up your emotions, manipulate your emotions to try to separate you from your money or try to figure out how I can trick you and get more of the money out of your account and into the church's account. No, that's not why we're talking about this topic. We're talking about this topic because it goes to the heart of who we are as Christ followers. But let me say this clearly. What you give needs to be based on your personal convictions about giving within the church family. In fact, giving, your beliefs about giving are one of those non-essential beliefs that we have freedom in within our church family. In fact, here's our church's statement on giving. You ready? We believe that that personal beliefs and convictions about giving are not essential for salvation or church membership. Let me say that again. Personal beliefs and convictions about giving are not essential for salvation. This is not a salvation issue. And it's not essential for your church membership other than this. If you have formally committed to being a member of Cedar Creek Church, one of the things you committed to, one of the things you made a covenant with as a member with the rest of the church family is to give regularly to the church as a part of your membership covenant. That you made that commitment. You committed, maybe you don't remember this or not, but if you went through the next step to membership class and you decided to join the church as a formal member, what you did was you made a covenant And part of that covenant was you agreed to support the mission and vision of Cedar Creek Church through your financial giving, through serving, and through your attendance at corporate worship and at home group. You you made that commitment based on your convictions. And so while giving is not essential for salvation, it is very essential for your spiritual growth. Giving is essential to deepening your faith. Not because I say so, but because Jesus did. Notice Matthew 6, 21. Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, Jesus says there's a direct connection between your view of money and stuff and the spiritual condition of your heart. That's why a couple of verses later, Jesus would say, no one can serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And that second master, Jesus said, is our money and our stuff. Think about that. Jesus says the greatest competition for our heart with God is not Satan. It's money and stuff, our material 
possessions. So what I want to do today is just for the next few minutes, I, I want to look at some of the basic biblical principles about money and giving that guide us as a church. These are the principles on which we teach the things that we teach here at Cedar Creek Church. And this is not an exhaustive list. This is just some of the four key principles or four key things that you need to understand about money and giving here at Cedar Creek. And the first thing you have to understand is the terminology. You got to understand the, the words that we use here when we talk about giving financially, because not all giving is the same. There are different types of gifts and different ways that we give those gifts. Three key terms I want you to write down and learn. The first one is the word tithe. Tithe. Tithe is an English translation of a Hebrew word that means tenth or ten percent. It is a mathematical term that means one-tenth or 10%. And it was part of the Old Testament covenant between God and the nation of Israel. If you remember last week, we talked about that relationship, that the relationship between God and the nation of Israel was a relationship built on his love for them, but it was fleshed out by their obedience to the Mosaic law and to the sacrificial system that God had established. And part of that sacrificial system was that they were to bring the, the first fruit, the first 10% of their flocks and their crops, right? That was their wealth. It was not in the bank. It was not money. It was the flocks and the crops that they grew. And so they were to bring the, the first 10%, the best of their flocks and crops. And it's interesting, if you read that passage in Deuteronomy 14 with this idea of giving of a tenth, of giving of a tithe, it says that they were to bring that tithe, that 10%, to the place where the name of the Lord dwelt. Now, that's an interesting statement. What that means is they were to bring that gift, they were to bring it to the place where the power and presence of God was among them, where God could be seen moving and working. And for the nation of Israel early on, that was wherever the Ark of the Covenant and the Tent of Meeting was. And in those early years, it moved around because they moved around. But then later on, once they had established themselves in the promised land, once they have taken over Jerusalem, eventually Solomon, David's son, built the temple of the Lord, and it was there that they were to bring this tent, this tithe. In fact, that's why you read in the Gospels of people coming from all over the area to Jerusalem during certain times of the year, and part of their reason for coming was to bring that tent, to give that tent. 10%. And the reason, this don't miss this, the reason God asked them to do that is not because he needed their flocks and crops, right? It's not because he needed their resources to accomplish what he wanted to. He's God after all. He did this to give them an opportunity to express their gratitude for worship of and trust in 
God. It was an expression of their worship and their trust and their gratitude. And so while a tithe or giving of 10% was part of the Old Testament covenant, the act of giving the first and the best as an act of worship continues into the New Testament. You, you read in the book of Acts chapter 2 of, of how these early Christians, many of them would sell their possessions and give part or in some cases all that they had to continue the work of the church. And again, not as a rule to follow, but as an expression of worship. So when you hear the word tithe, just remember that just means tenth. That's why I've always felt like the word tithing as a verb didn't make a lot of sense. What is it? Tenthing, right? Or ten percenting. No, it's just a mathematical term. It's just a part or a portion of what people gave as a part of the Old Testament. So here at Cedar Creek, The word we use for following those underlying principles is just the word giving. That's the second word I want you to write down on your outline, giving. Now, obviously, giving is a broad term. But here at Cedar Creek, we use that word giving to focus on a very specific type of giving. When we say giving, we're talking about a systematic, regular proportional gift that is given to the local church body of which you belong. Let me say that again. When we talk about giving, this is something that's done regularly or systematically. Some of you may do your giving weekly. Some of you bi-weekly. Some of you once a month. Many of you give based on how you are paid and when you are paid. But it's regular. It's not an every now and then. It's a regular, consistent financial gift that is proportional to your income. In other words, it's a part of your income. There's not a flat giving fee, right? It's not everybody gives $500 a week or $10,000 a month. No, we each give a percentage of what we have, right? That way we are all equally involved. We can all be engaged wherever you are in your personal finances, wherever you are on the financial spectrum, rich, poor, or somewhere in between. We can all be a part of it because it's proportional. As we like to say here at Cedar Creek, it's not about equal gifts. It's about an equal sacrifice, an equal willingness to sacrifice for the move and work of God. And then it is specifically given to the budget of the local church to which you belong. Wherever you consider your church home, giving to that budget that supports the mission and vision of that local church. Work And so if this is your church home, then giving for you is to regularly give a portion of your income to the budget, the mission and vision plan of Cedar Creek Church. Now, the number one question people ask me when I talk about giving like this is, well, what percent am I supposed to give? Right? You got the 10%, the tithe in the Old Testament. In the New Testament book of Acts, you've got people giving 50%, 100%. So, so what is the percentage that I am to give? 
Well, certainly a tithe or 10% is a good standard. It's something to measure, to look at and compare where you are. But here's the truth. We're all at different places in our spiritual journey. We're all at different places on our way back to God. So here's what we encourage. Here's what we teach here at Cedar Creek. One, determine where you are now. Take some time and look at what you are giving as a percentage of your income. And then wherever it is, whether it's 2%, a half a percent, 20%, whatever it is, to just prayerfully consider taking a next step in trusting God with your finances. Which, by the way, this area, finances, it is the only area in which God says, test me. Test me and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven. And so when you came in today, hopefully you got that little half sheet of paper that's got the giving ladder on it. If you didn't get one, you can pick up one on your way out. It's just a simple little illustration we use to encourage you to just measure where you are, kind of see where you are in your financial giving to Cedar Creek Church, and then just prayerfully consider taking a next step. So you've got tithe, which means tenth. You'll hear that word. When we say giving at Cedar Creek Church, we're talking specifically about that regular giving proportional to your income, to the budget, the mission and vision of this local church. There is another term that we've just recently started using, and that is the term donation. Write that down. Donation. When we use that term here at Cedar Creek, what we're talking about is a gift over and above your regular giving. Over and above your regular proportional giving to the budget, right? The, the old school term for this was offering, right? The church I grew up in when I was a kid, they said tithes and offerings. What they meant was your regular proportional giving and then gifts given over and above that. Sometimes they're for special projects. Maybe it's a, a building or some kind of campaign. In fact, just December, just last month, our, our water projects, that, that's an example of a gift given as a donation too. We, we use the term donation rather than offering for one specific reason. We are a church that likes to reach out and focus and connect with unchurched people, with people who didn't grow up in the church. And so the term offering is a strange term to them. Donation they get, right? Giving something to a worthy cause. And we invite people from all over to donate to the different projects like water or, or other things that we do. That's a way to connect people wherever they are, even if they're non-believers. So those are the three terms to keep in mind. Tithe, which just means a tenth. Giving, regular systematic giving to the budget. And then third, a donation. That's a gift given over and above your regular giving. But more than knowing what those terms are, really the goal today is wherever you are in this area, just to help you start to take a next step to put some of this into practice. And again, it's not about the money. 
It's about our hearts. Jesus said it's about your heart. It's a way to express our trust in and our worship of God. You know, I've been here for over 20 years. And here's what I know to be true about you, the Cedar Creek Church family. You are some of the most generous people on the planet. Year after year, I'm amazed by your incredible generosity. I mean, just last month, you gave over $50,000 for clean water. It's one of the highest offerings we've had in the eight years, nine years we've been doing it. I, I know the problem is not a lack of generosity. Often, the biggest barrier to our generosity is our personal financial condition. And so that's the second thing I want to talk about, and that's giving when I have bills and debt. Giving when I have bills and debt. In other words, how does my personal financial condition impact my giving? What does my debt level and and what does my current bill situation, how does that affect my giving? Well, let's start with debt. Number one principle here at Cedar Creek, never incur debt in order to give. Don't give by just adding more to a maxed out credit card, right? If you're using credit card debt to give, think about it. You're actually trying to give God something you don't have, right? Because you're using the card because you don't have the money in the bank. In fact, that's why on our on-site giving platform, our online giving platform, there's a statement there that says, we encourage you to not incur debt or credit card debt to give. We encourage you to use either a debit card number or to use a direct bank transfer, which just by the way, if you set it up with a direct bank transfer, you know, that's when you give the routing number and the account. That actually saves the church money. If you use a debit card or a credit card, we have to pay a little bit, a percentage, to MasterCard and Visa. Those of you that own businesses know that's how it works. So, but now, other side of that coin. I know some of you like to use credit cards to get like uh, miles, air miles or travel miles or something. And that's fine if you want to use it that way. As long as you are paying off the balance at the end of every month, that you're not giving God, you know, 10% and MasterCard 19%, which doesn't make any sense. And so, again, when it comes to debt, never incur debt in order to give. But secondly, we believe that you should continue to give even while you're still paying off debt. Now notice I said give, not donation. I'm talking about that regular proportional income. You should continue to give while you're paying off debt, but it's probably not wise to go over and above your giving until you have paid off mostly that unsecured debt. Why do I say that? Why do I say you should continue to give even if you're still paying off debt? It's because the Bible makes it clear that giving back to God is our number one financial priority in life. In fact, notice Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth, the first fruits of all your crops. 
first fruits. That means the first. That is off the top, right? You don't, you don't pay all your bills and then if you have something left over, you give it to God. You give to God first and trust him with your situation, with your life. And that leads to the second question. Should I give if it means not being able to pay my bills or meet my obligations? Now, that's a tough question. Because on one hand, giving is an act of expressing trust in God. And we've seen time and time again people giving when they could not afford it and God meeting their needs in miraculous ways. So on one hand, you got that principle. But then on the other hand, you have this principle from 1 Timothy that says, as followers of Jesus, we need to take care of our families and our responsibilities. And so I would say this. This is a very personal decision. This is about personal convictions. And I would not make this decision without a lot of prayer, and without a lot of wise counsel from others. But I will tell you a personal story. Shortly after Terry and I were married, we had three children at that point, age three and under, and I was a public school teacher. So you can imagine the financial situation there. It was tight every month. It was tight. And back then I got paid once a month. I remember the check after taxes and all the other stuff, retirement taken out. My check every month was $996 every month. Three kids, right? So you can imagine. And so Terry and I had not been regular givers. We had not been giving a percent of our income on a regular basis. But we got to this place where we both agreed it was time to take that step, right? To step out in faith. And so I remember that month clearly. I got paid. Terry wrote the check, $90, $96 or whatever it was, right off the top before she paid any other bills, gave that to the church we were a part of at that time. And then, you know, the month goes on, we pay the other bills and we got a little bit left over, but we ran out of money before we ran out of month. I mean, we were down to just a few dollars, really. It was like two days before I got paid. And Terry went to the grocery store because we needed diapers and we needed milk. Two pretty important things. And so she's got her buggy. She gets a gallon of milk and a pack of Huggies diapers. And she does the math in her head and she realizes she doesn't have enough money to buy both of these. She's a dollar short. And so she's sitting there trying to figure, oh, which one do you put back, right? Which one's least important? And as she's trying to figure it out, I'm not making this up. As she's trying to figure it out, this older lady walks by, looks in her buggy and says, oh, I see you use Huggies. I have a coupon for Huggies diapers. She hands it to Terry and it is a coupon for a dollar off. And I'm telling you from that moment on, we have recognized that God is faithful, that you can trust him. Look, I'm not saying that that's what God is telling you to do. What I am saying is this. If your bills and your debt are getting in the way of your being able to give and be generous, then there might be a problem with how you are managing what God has given you. 
There may be an issue with your management of the resources God has blessed you. And if that's the case, again, this is not about guilt and shame. This is about honesty and working together as a church family. There is help. If you are struggling with finances and with debt, you don't have to walk this journey alone. In fact, in March, we as a church are presenting, first time we've ever done this, a three-session financial peace seminar. Three sessions to teach basic principles for managing money God's way. We're gonna teach you how to do a budget, how to develop an emergency fund, and how to pay off debt, how to do a a debt snowball. You'd be amazed how quickly you can pay off debt if you will focus on it and get a plan. And so you can sign up for that seminar, even though it's not until March, you can go ahead and get your name in the hat. You can do that through the tear-off card, through the app. There's a QR code you can scan on your outline. Those of you who are watching online, there's a link to that. Go ahead and make that commitment today, because listen, I get it. I have lived in that, and I know the stress it creates in your marriages, the stress it creates on your health the way it weighs on your mind, you don't have to keep living that way. You can find freedom and peace in your finances. Now, if you say, Philip, I can't wait till March. We're in bad shape. Well, you don't have to. We have financial counselors at all of our campuses. These are individuals. These are brothers and sisters in Christ who are willing, financial professionals who are willing to come alongside you and help you get a handle on your personal financial situation. I know that's scary to have somebody come in and walk through your budget and look at what you're spending money. But again, this is not about judgment and condemnation. This is about freedom and hope and peace, and it's available. So just reach out to your campus. Wherever you are, if you're online, just communicate, private message us. We'll walk with you so that you can be free financially and unleash the generosity that God has placed in your heart. Third principle is about giving more than my money. Giving more than my money. Because giving financially and giving of your time and talent to the work of God in the local church, this is not an either or. This is a both and. In other words, what I'm saying, giving your time and talents to serve inside and outside the church is not a replacement for giving financially. And giving financially is not a way to buy yourself out of having to serve within your church family. We're all called to do both. In the same way that we're all called to support financially the mission and vision of the church we belong to, We're also all called to use our gifts and talents to serve the kingdom here at Cedar Creek. Notice 1 Peter 4.10. It says, God has given each of you, not some of you, each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them to serve one another, to serve here within the church. You know, the Bible says when you don't give Financially, you rob God. You rob God when you don't give financially. I believe when you don't serve, 
you rob yourself. You rob yourself of the opportunity to do what God created you to do. To love and serve him by loving and serving others. Because you are created for so much more than just living for yourself. And so if you don't currently have a place to serve within the church family here, maybe today is the day to take a next step. Reach out at your campus. Find out what needs are. Try to line up your gifts, your talents, your abilities with a team and an opportunity to serve. Because we are called to give more than just our money. And then finally, the last principle, and this is the most important one. Giving and my attitude. Giving and my attitude. The, The most important aspect of giving is not the amount. It's the attitude with which I give it. Notice 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, you must each decide in your hearts how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Right? That's why here at Cedar Creek, we always say this. If you ever feel pressured to give, if you ever feel manipulated emotionally to give, if you ever feel like you're giving out of obligation, don't give. You've missed the whole point of giving because it's not about us helping God accomplish the mission and vision of his church. It is about the blessing of the opportunity for us to be a part of what God's going to do anyway with or without us. That's why Jesus said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say, I'll build my church if all of you chip in and help give and serve. He said, I'm going to build it. The question is, do you want to be a part of it? Giving is a blessing and a privilege to be a part of what God is doing in and through his church. And so our attitude should reflect that when we give and when we donate. Now, look, I, I know we've covered a lot of ground today. I know this is a tough subject. I know it's an emotional topic. So let me say this. If you don't hear anything else I've said today, please hear this. God loves you. Whatever you give or don't give, whatever your current financial situation, it has zero effect on the level of God's love for you. And secondly, it doesn't affect how we, your church family, feel about you. Whatever you're giving, whatever your financial situation, does not affect how we feel about you as a part of our church family. In fact, I would say this, in the same way that God expresses his love to us by offering us an opportunity to be a part of his kingdom work, This message, these principles, our belief about giving is an expression of our love for you, our value for you, and a desire that you be a part of this amazing place called Cedar Creek Church. Would you pray with me? Father, I'm so thankful that in the midst of this difficult and emotional topic,
that your word is clear, that the confusion is more driven by our own issues, my own struggles. And so I thank you for that clarity that comes in your word. Father, I pray for every person gathered on our campuses, every person watching online, that whatever's going on in their heart right now, that they would feel your love. Not condemnation, that comes from the enemy. Not discouragement or doubt or anger, that's not from you, Lord. I pray that all of us would feel the joy, the cheerfulness of being able to be a part wherever we are on the financial spectrum. I pray for those who are struggling because I know the impact it's having on their marriage, their children, their health. I know that journey, Lord. And I know the freedom that comes from managing your money your way. So Lord, I pray for those who would sign up for this seminar. I pray for those who would reach out for financial counseling. Lord, I pray for those of us who will take some time this week and just explore where you are leading us to take a next step in trusting you. Oh Lord, pour out your spirit right now. Move among your people who call this place their church home. May we honor you with all that we do. In your name we pray, amen.